June's Journey is a fascinating hidden object mystery gaming app where you'll play as June Parker, tasked with a daunting obligation, solve your sister's murder. Set in the 1920s, the era of glitz and glam, this family mystery is one for the ages. Everyone's a suspect until your investigation determines otherwise. The clues are all around you, hidden within tricky twists and turns. You'll collect detailed information about each character in your photo album where you'll comb over every detail. You can even join a detective's club to chat and play with others or against them in the detective's league. With hundreds of puzzles to solve, you should probably get started today. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Tonight, America surpasses a sobering milestone. 200,000 deaths from coronavirus. That's a death every 90 seconds. And health officials warn the expected fall surge has only just begun. Cases rise in nearly half of the U.S., with one key model predicting deaths will nearly double by January 1st. Thousands of flags fill the National Mall in tribute to the lives lost in the pandemic. We'll remember those Americans. Plus, the advice tonight from the CDC on how to safely trick-or-treat this Halloween. Supreme Court showdown. More Republican senators get in line, making a vote on President Trump's Supreme Court pick possible before Election Day. What happens next, and who will she be? Honoring Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. New details on how the nation will remember the equal rights icon. Relentless storms, Houston floods, and more than 100 people rescued as Beta pounds the Gulf Coast. State of emergency, Louisville braces for protest, buildings closed, downtown barricaded, as the city prepares for word on whether officers will face charges in the shooting death of Breonna Taylor. Poison plot, a woman charged with trying to mail ricin to the White House. What the letter she allegedly sent demanded from President Trump. And on this National Voter Registration Day, the one thing both parties agree on, don't forget to vote. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. Good evening and thank you for joining us. Tonight, the United States has reached yet another devastating and unthinkable moment in a pandemic that continues to change our country and our way of life. As we come on the air tonight, more than 200,000 people in the U.S. have now been killed by the virus. 200,000 lives lost, 200,000 stories left unfinished. And tonight, there's some breaking news that the crisis may once again be getting worse. One of the leading models used by the White House now projects that by the end of the year, the death toll nationwide may nearly double to 378,000. Tonight, confirmed cases in the U.S. are also increasing, now growing at the fastest rate they have in two months. And the FDA is reportedly tightening its standards for approving a coronavirus vaccine, dimming hopes that there will be one widely available this year. Once again, thrusting the pandemic into the forefront of this year's presidential campaign. Tonight, there's also been another seismic shift here in Washington with major implications for this year's election. Senators Mitt Romney and Cory Gardner, the two remaining Republican holdouts, now say they are in favor of moving ahead with replacing Ruth Bader Ginsburg on the Supreme Court this year, likely giving their party enough votes to confirm a nominee. Tonight, President Trump says he'll announce his choice on Saturday, just 38 days before the election. And there's a lot of new reporting to get to tonight. Our team of correspondents is standing by to cover it all. CBS's Mola Lenghi is going to lead off our coverage tonight in New York City. Good evening, Mola. 
Well, good evening, Nora. That 200,000, certainly a sobering number, but perhaps even more sobering. In some parts of the country, there are few signs this virus is slowing down. On the grounds of the Washington Monument today, 20,000 American flags remembering 200,000 American lives lost to the coronavirus. And these flags are indicative not only of the lives lost, but of the families left behind. Some well-known, others unsung. An American has been lost every one and a half minutes on average since the first death was reported back in February. That's the equivalent of roughly the entire population of Salt Lake City, Utah, or Akron, Ohio. The idea of 200,000 deaths is really very sobering and in some respects stunning. America is accustomed to leading the world, but not like this. The U.S. has had more deaths than any other country. President Trump grading his handling of the pandemic. Public relations, I give myself a D. On the job itself, we take an A+. But the nation's top infectious disease expert seems to be grading on a different scale. Take a look at the numbers and make up your own mind. Health experts are worried about a resurgence of the virus as the fall season begins. 20 states plus Washington, D.C. and Puerto Rico are reporting increases in new cases from two weeks ago. It's been more than two months since we've seen cases rise this quickly. But it's the number nine that has devastated Ricardo Aguiar. That's how many family members this small business owner from Phoenix, Arizona, has lost to the virus. Nine cousins, aunts, uncles, and less than two weeks ago, his father, Jose de Jesus. I don't want to cry because, you know, it's, I want him to go in peace. And my crying is just not going to let him rest. Ricardo's mother continues to recover from the effects of the virus. Meanwhile, tonight, new fears over an impending flu season colliding with the return of students to schools. New research shows that an estimated 3,200 cases of coronavirus occur a day throughout the country that likely otherwise wouldn't happen, Nora, if schools kept classes online. Malalengi, thank you. When the pandemic began, President Trump said that if COVID deaths were limited to 200,000, it would mean he did a very good job in protecting the public. Now, as that milestone is passed, and with the nation now averaging almost 800 deaths a day, the president is again trying to minimize the threat. Here's CBS's Weijia Zhang. Late this evening, President Trump made his first remarks about the coronavirus death toll in the U.S. surpassing 200,000. But it's a horrible thing. Should have never, ever happened. Earlier, he called his response to the pandemic amazing. We understand the disease. We understand how to handle it. But during a rally last night, the president falsely said this about young people getting the virus. Take your hat off to the young because they have a hell of an immune system. But it affects Virtually nobody. It's, a, it's an amazing thing. The WHO warned last month that young people were the primary spreaders of COVID-19. Due to Donald Trump's lies and incompetence in the past six months, have seen one of the gravest losses of American life in history. Joe Biden also tweeted about the milestone several times, writing it didn't have to be this bad. A former advisor to Vice President Mike Pence is under fire for spreading the same message. The truth is he doesn't actually care about anyone else but himself. Olivia Troy, who served on the coronavirus task force, was slammed by her former supervisor, General Keith Kellogg, today. I fired her. The reason I fired her 
was her performance had started to drop. I'm the one that escorted her off the compound. Troy tweeted that Kellogg did not escort her out, and she was asked to stay in her position, adding, sad that General Kellogg is telling a bald-faced lie to protect the president. Tonight, we are learning that Cindy McCain, the wife of late Republican U.S. Senator John McCain, plans to endorse Joe Biden, who says he earned her support after that bombshell article in The Atlantic reported President Trump called fallen soldiers, quote, losers and suckers, which he has denied. Nora. Weijia Zhang, thank you. President Trump is also finalizing his pick for the Supreme Court on Capitol Hill. The last Republican holdouts are falling behind the president, clearing the way for a likely Senate vote before the November election. Here's CBS's Nancy Cordes. The GOP drumbeat to act fast grew louder today. I hope it happens before the election. There's really no reason to wait. Election Day is now 42 days away. Exactly the amount of time it took for Ginsburg herself to get confirmed. We have an obligation under the Constitution. Senate leader Mitch McConnell didn't commit to a timeline today. He led the charge to block President Obama's nominee eight months before an election. Do you understand why many Americans view this as a double standard? I can only repeat that uh, we have an obligation under the Constitution should we choose to take advantage of it. Democrats registered their fury by holding up Senate business this afternoon. I'm not going to put a rubber stamp on this process. It's awful. I mean, this is treachery. This is deceitful. There is little they can do to prevent a vote unless four Republicans side with them. And today, Utah's Mitt Romney announced he wants to move ahead. My liberal friends have, over many decades, gotten very used to the idea of having a liberal court. And that's not written in the stars. That leaves just two GOP holdouts, including Alaska's Lisa Murkowski. So are your Republican colleagues in the wrong? I'm not going to be critical of my Republican colleagues or critical of anyone. I have been asked how I feel about where we are just weeks before the presidential election. And those are my words. I will stand by them. President Trump will meet with one of his top contenders, Judge Barbara Lagoa, in Florida on Friday. And he just announced that he will reveal his pick at 5 p.m. Eastern time on Saturday. He says he's very close to a decision, Nora. All right, Nancy Cordes, thank you. We should note that on Friday, Justice Ginsburg will lie in state in the U.S. Capitol, the first woman in American history to be given that honor. And starting Wednesday, the public can pay their respects to the late justice at the Supreme Court. CBS's Jan Crawford joins us now from the court. And Jan, what can you tell us about the two women who top the president's shortlist? Well, Nora, they are both federal appeals court judges, solid conservatives. They're both mothers uh, and Catholic, but different demographics. Judge Amy Coney Barrett has long been the presumptive front runner. The president interviewed her for the last vacancy on the court. She's a former Notre Dame uh, law professor. She worked for Justice Antonin Scalia as a law clerk. And religious conservatives support her because they believe she would be a vote to overturn Roe versus Wade. And that made her appeals court confirmation hearing pretty contentious, as you can imagine. But she weathered the fire, and that further impressed conservatives with her resolve. And, Jan, are you hearing that there's some growing momentum behind Judge Barbara Lagoa from Florida? 
I am. Uh, she would be the court's second Hispanic justice. She has got an incredible, compelling life story, a first-generation Cuban-American. Her parents fled Castro's communist regime uh, from Miami, where she was born and grew up. She went to Columbia Law School in New York, like Justice Ginsburg, and then she came back to Florida. She worked as a federal prosecutor, and then for the last 14 years as a judge on the state and federal courts. And then Florida, of course. That's another advantage for her. A key swing state, 29 electoral votes. Nora? Jan Crawford at the Supreme Court tonight. Thank you. Tonight, Louisville, Kentucky, is under a state of emergency, awaiting a major announcement in the Breonna Taylor case. She was shot and killed by police in her home in March. Kentucky's attorney general is expected to announce whether criminal charges will be brought against three officers. CBS's Jerika Duncan is in a very tense Louisville tonight. Jerika? Good evening. We're here in downtown Louisville. You can see the barricades, the fencing, and even the boarded up city buildings. Nora, this was not the case last week. With each passing day, the mood is no doubt changing. The city has basically been shut down with government buildings and businesses either closed or boarded up. Police say they want to make this area as safe as possible. All of this comes as we wait to see whether the three officers being investigated by the Kentucky Attorney General's office will face charges in the shooting death of Breonna Taylor. The fatal shooting, as you may recall, happened on March 13th. Police raided Taylor's apartment. She was shot multiple times. These crime scene photos show parts of her apartment complex that were just riddled with bullets. Late today, Breonna Taylor's mother posted a very short statement saying, Dear Breonna, justice is coming. The Kentucky Attorney General here, Daniel Cameron, is expected to first speak with Breonna Taylor's mother before making any public announcement. Nora? Jerika Duncan, thank you. Tonight, flood advisories are posted for 500 miles of the Gulf Coast from Texas to New Orleans. The slow-moving remnants of Tropical Storm Beta are pounding the region with heavy rain, more than a foot in some areas. Many rescues have been made along washed-out roads. Here's CBS's Janet Shamlan. A city submerged, Houston underwater, cars and trucks stranded on miles of flooded roads. Tropical storm beta making landfall along the coast, then lashing southeast Texas. This storm is barely moving. It has been raining nonstop like this since late last night. And Houston, which floods even during a moderate rain, cannot absorb all this water. Bayous overflowing their banks. Some areas are inundated by more than a foot of relentless rain. How worried are you? Very worried. Every time it rains, we start worrying, especially after Harvey. Many were caught off guard. This man ditched his car just in time. Others ignoring the warnings. Where does he think he's going? More than 100 high water rescues in Houston as the now tropical depression barely budgets. Let's hope this system will, will start moving at a quicker pace. Five other storms have already hit the Gulf this year. Some homes are still without power almost a month later. Tonight, there is more rain in the forecast. No relief for a storm-weary region. Janet Shamley in CBS News, Houston. To Europe now, where British Prime Minister Boris Johnson said that his country has reached a perilous turning point in the COVID pandemic. Britain is putting new COVID restrictions in place as it tries to slow new outbreaks. CBS's Holly Williams is there. Today, the British Prime Minister Boris Johnson had some sobering numbers. A month ago, on average, around 1,000 people across the UK were testing positive 
for coronavirus every day. The latest figure has almost quadrupled to 3,929. And he said that could mean hundreds of deaths a day by next month. So after encouraging people to return to the workplace in July, today he told them to go back to working from home if they can. This is the moment when we must act. From this week, masks will be mandatory for retail staff and in taxis, with fines of $250 for rule breakers and more than $12,000 for businesses. Pubs and restaurants will be forced to close at 10pm and soccer stadiums will be shut to the public. Tonight, the Prime Minister told the country the restrictions could last for six months. Now is the time for us all to summon the, the discipline and the resolve and the spirit of togetherness that will carry us through. Schools will stay open for now, but the Prime Minister did not rule out another lockdown if the numbers don't improve. Nora. Holly Williams, thank you. Tonight, we're learning more about a Canadian woman accused of trying to mail an extremely toxic poison to President Trump. Pascal Ferrier appeared today in federal court in Buffalo. She was arrested at the U.S.-Canada border after allegedly sending ricin in an envelope that was intercepted at a screening facility. The FBI says the letter contained threats and a demand that Mr. Trump abandon his re-election bid. The CDC is out with new guidance to protect against the spread of COVID among ghouls and goblins this Halloween. It recommends avoiding high-risk activities like traditional trick-or-treating, where treats are handed out, and indoor haunted houses, where people are crowded together and screaming or huddled together on hayrides. Andrew Beatty of Ohio invented a social distancing candy shoot. He decorated a six-foot shipping tube and taped it to his front railing. He's also planning to wear a mask and use hand sanitizer. That's an idea. The late Supreme Court Justice Hugo Black wrote that no right is more precious than the right to vote. Relevant today, since this is National Voter Registration Day, just six in 10 eligible voters turned out in 2016. So there was a push to make today the day to register. At the heart of American democracy is the power of your vote. With 42 days until Election Day... Early voting begins the 13th of October. Look at these lines at a Dallas drive through registration, preparing to exercise that right. It's my first time registering to vote. Texas is shattering records. More than a million and a half new voters since 2016. And in Virginia, where early in-person voting began last week, there's already huge turnout. Because as President Eisenhower said, the future of this republic is in the hands of the American voter. Even in a country divided, both parties agree on one thing. Don't forget to vote. Please get out there and and vote. Celebrities, politicians and sports teams today were part of an annual campaign. Step up to the plate and vote. And this year, we celebrate the 100th anniversary of the 19th Amendment, giving voting rights to women. And as Susan B. Anthony once said, someone struggled for your right to vote. Use it. There's expected to be record turnout this year. Tomorrow, CBS News will have live coverage as Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg is remembered at the Supreme Court. And we'll have a full wrap-up on the CBS Evening News. And if you can't watch us live, don't forget to set your DVR so that you can watch us later. That's tonight's edition of the CBS Evening News. A reminder to stay positive, test negative. I'm Nora O'Donnell in the nation's capital. We'll see you right back here tomorrow. Good night.
Hi, this is Jill Schlesinger, CBS News business analyst, certified financial planner, and host of the Money Watch podcast. This is the show where your money is not scary and it's not boring. It is a show that's all about you. It's your questions that make it possible for me to provide unconventional and entertaining insights on your money and maybe more importantly, on your life. I'm going to be your financial coach, someone who brings common sense and an insider's perspective on how to manage your money and your emotions. And I promise we are going to have a little bit of fun along the way. Have a question from retirement to career changes to college funding? Just send us an email at askjill at jillonmoney.com. Follow Money Watch wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free on the Amazon Music or Wondery app.